This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. Huge show, absolutely massive. Thanks for your company. Tim Gossage with you for the next two hours on SEN or SEN Spirit 621. Thanks for everyone for your interaction. 087-0487-736-736 is our text number or 131255. Get in touch with us anytime you like about all things. A massive show. Robbie West going to join us. He's at Christmas Creek up on an FMG mine site doing his thing. Of course, proud dad of Connor West, who was taken in the draft last night by the West Coast Eagles. Wayne Paul, East Kimberley Football League president. Halls Creek continues to produce AFL talent. And there is another one joining the system last night. Ashley Johnson via Sturt has gone to Collingwood. He's come through Claremont and Halls Creek. So uh, Wayne Paul will join us. Matthew Parker, second chance Parker, they call him. He's uh, going to join Richmond. Who knows? Who knows what might happen at the Dreamtime game? We know they've pulled out the fairy tale stories with Marlon Pickett in the grand final a couple of years ago. Will they do the same for Matty Parker? Who knows? We'll be chatting with Parks a little later. Talking basketball with Corey Homicide Williams. Who does he think will win the league? Ian Pryor plays his 100th game for the Western Force, and Trevor Gleeson will also touch base with us just before midday. But it's time now to get straight off the top and talk about last night's draft with a, a young man who did a remarkable job. Uh, he, Mitch Cleary, uh, last night, of course, uh, and the whole team, and also um, uh, also to, to Nat, who does a remarkable job on afl.com.au, and they covered off the draft in very simple, efficient, but enthusiastic terms, and it was good to watch last night. And Cal Toomey joins us online, afl.com.au, draft specialist and journalist, uh, Kel, congratulations, mate. It was a wonderful coverage to watch. Well played. Oh, I appreciate that, Goss. Thanks for that. Yeah, it was good fun. Uh, it was. We had a lot of feedback that I think the punters out there enjoyed the fact it was a little bit more uh, free-flowing as a draft, maybe in comparison to last year. Clearly, in the mid-season draft, they don't have the, the bidding or the live trading, mm. which sort of made it a bit of a quicker event. But lots of great stories to come out of last night. And I actually did hear, Goss, that you broke the news to Connor West's parents. <laughs> Is this true? It is true. Um, so I let it I let it sit for about ten or fifteen minutes after I saw that he was drafted, and I looked at socials, and you know everyone chimes in, and I think even the news had it on already, and everyone had turned around. So I just took the liberty of texting Kylie and just saying, and Robbie, and um, and just texting, said, "Congrats to Kylie, congrats, Mum." Took a while to get back to me, and she got back. She goes, "Why?" And I said, "Oh, Connor." And she goes, "What's he done?" I said, "Been drafted by the Eagles." And she goes, "Yeah, right." So she didn't even believe me. And then, and the same for Robbie. So, and, and a couple of people have chimed in and said, oh, you know, it should have been for the son to tell him. It was all over social media. It was online. It was not like it was a great secret. I just thought they would have been the first to know and across it. But neither of them knew the draft was on. <laughs> well, clearly uh, West Coast only made their, 
their picks available the day before the, the mid-season draft by placing Daniel Venables and Jared Cameron on the long-term injury list. And we knew that Will Collins was right in their sights. Mm. who was their first pick, a, a sweeping competitive defender from the Swan Districts footy club. But maybe Connor West was even taken aback by their interest as well. So potentially it was a bit of a surprise to all. But yeah, good pick and clearly a... a a player that they've earmarked to come in and be ready to go straight away. Yeah, Robbie West going to join us after the next break. He's up at Christmas Creek up on the mine site where he's been for the last 12 months and he's very, very excited. But he was telling me that Connor got called to the club yesterday. I think there was a number of hopefuls called. I think, and I stand corrected on this because I'm not I'm not privy to this situation, but I think they did some last-minute medicals. And I, I think he was none the wiser for being picked and... He uh, he was shocked by it all too, so it all happened pretty quick. But he's a good pickup, Connor West. I will say this: I mean, he's he's hard at it. If you look online, you look at the he got ironed out by Brady Gray, and I think it was almost like the first West Coast Eagles waffle team game or one of the first where Brady Gray split him right down the middle and uh, knocked him out, Connor West. But he's gone away, got tougher, got bigger, got stronger, a bit older. Um, he's going to be a handy acquisition, and we know that tackling's been a bit of an issue at West Coast, so he might come in handy very soon. Well, he's averaging six tackles uh, a game so far in the waffle with West Perth and 27 disposals. And they played well in the state match uh, against the Sample last month. So clearly he's got the form on the board. And as you mentioned about Matty Parker, these guys can come in and play straight away. Mm. Whether they necessarily will, there'll be an adjustment period clearly when it comes to game plan. And we know that coming into an AFL system, there is that that transition of getting to know where to be, when to be, what the terminology is and all the rest, so you are playing your role. But I think that West Coast, given that the midfield injuries and struggles that they've had this season with different players, will be looking at him to say, well, you know, there's a spot there for you. So mm-hmm. if you can come in and reproduce what you've done at waffle level, then there's every chance we'll be seeing an AFL de- debut pretty soon. Very soon. Uh, so can I just, in general terms, the 22 opportunities, I was surprised with clubs have spots available that don't take them, Gold Coast and Essendon. Can you just give us an idea of what changes? Is that simply because maybe the players that they had done their due diligence on had been taken and they just didn't want to just put a bloke on their list for the sake of it? It's exactly that. Yeah, that, there's no point in the clubs um, putting on guys who they're not quite sure about. And we've got to rem- remember as well, guys, this is a rookie draft and there isn't this much um, hype or hoopla about the end of year rookie draft but because it's mid-year. The clubs view it a little bit differently and it can be for a six-month term just to see how these players go towards the end of the season. Cl- players can nominate for, to go a little bit longer and stay as 18-month players as well. And if you're the player such as John Newcomb, you can nominate a three-year term and, and end up at the Hawks, which is an intriguing story in itself. But when you talk about Essendon and Gold Coast, and there's a couple of others, Carlton and St Kilda also left some spots open before uh, heading into the night. It just means that, yeah, their players are picked off. And speaking to clubs in the lead-up, they had a list of maybe six, seven, eight names that they're really happy with, you know, at the higher end. And once those players have been picked off, they're happy enough to pass and, and let it be. And particularly with clubs such as the Bombers and Gold Coast. I mean, Essendon are on the fringes of the top eight. They, If they win this week in Dreamtime in the West against uh, the Tigers, then they'll be right in the thick of the finals mix. But they're probably not sides who are pushing for the premiership, clearly. So the, you look at the guys who uh, have gone to Melbourne, in particular in Kai, Kai class, who's a, a ready-made key back slash wingman. Um, you look at what the Tigers did with Matty Parker. These are clubs that view themselves as being right in that window. So have maybe approached it a little, a little bit differently. And that is across the board. I mean, 
Look at North Melbourne right at the top. They were looking for talent. And with the number one pick, they got the most talented player. And the same for Gold Coast with that Ruckman. He might play Ned Moyle. He might play towards the end of this season. But it's really a look at the future for them in grabbing a 19-year-old big man mm. who was overlooked at last year's draft. Cal Toomey from afl.com.au and across, of course, all the draft uh, expert and uh, reconnaissance of all these clubs. Uh, there were some dis- there were some surprises. Who were the top three surprises not picked up at all that you thought were shoe-ins to go? Well, the big one on the night was whether Richmond would go with Nathan Freeman and they had an interest in Sam Durham who was taken the pick before them by the Bombers at pick nine. So when Richmond's pick 10 rolled around, I think it was out of Matt Parker and Nathan Freeman. In the end, they went with Matt Parker. So... Uh, clearly they've been considering Nathan Freeman. So he missed out in the end, but he'll go back to VFL footy once that resumes in Victoria and I'm sure continue to press his case. He's averaged 41 disposals this season for Frankston, the former uh, Saints and Collingwood player. So he's won. Tyson Stengel is another talking point, of mm. course, Goss, because we know he was cut by the Crows uh, in the lead-up to this season. As part of that agreement in, in being delisted at that point, he was given eligibility to, to be picked up in the mid-season pool. And so many clubs had a look at him. So that's the interesting part for mine. The clubs had a look at him. They spoke to him. They wanted to see where he's at. But they probably just want to see a little bit more. And that might come in the second half of this season. And then by the end of the year, he might get a chance as a delisted free agent where he can really work through where he does end up and, and find out the right fit. Because clubs will be looking at him again over the next coming months because he's one of the most talented players outside of the pool. And then there's someone like Riley Knight, who's, obviously come out of the Adelaide Crows system. He waited and just beat the buzzer, Goss, on, mm. on nominating for the draft. He put in an 18-month term just before the deadline last Tuesday, which made many clubs think, OK, maybe there's a club out there that's committed to taking him. And the Saints, the one that did have a look at him, in the end, they didn't choose to go with him. But those are three guys that have come out of the AFL system that will count themselves a little bit unlucky, but we'll wait and see how they go in the rest of their state league season. It's a crazy time to be a young hopeful, isn't it, with COVID? And it's not going away. And we know what you're going through over there in Victoria at the moment. Hopefully that will settle very, very shortly. Um, how much disruption before the next draft and the main draft and the national draft? And what is the sort of the player pool looking like? I mean, you're across this even in the late time. So uh, what's your thoughts in regards to the talent available coming through all the, all the competitions around Australia? Yeah, this break in Victoria is certainly not ideal, and that's understating it. And look, we take a, a look at it through the, the eyes of the, the draftees of this year's pool, and they had their under-17s year wiped out in Victoria, mm. so we didn't get to see these guys at all last season. And then this year, they've only played a handful of games. There's been a restructured NAB League season, which has seen a bit of a recess. And then they just come back, and then this uh, lockdown has happened over a couple of weeks. And, and hopefully by the end of next week, then we're, we're past that. But you do expect that this is going to, push back the NAB League season. The AFL is really adamant that it will get the games back what it has missed and, and what it will miss. But it just means there's that extra level of uncertainty and, and unseenness. I'm not sure if that's a word, but these, these AFL recruits haven't seen these, these draftees that much this season and they haven't seen them all from last year. So they, we look at back at last year's draft, guys, and the, the recruiters and clubs had the under-17s form of all of last year's draft class. They could they could see what Logan McDonald did as a 17-year-old. They could see what Will Phillips did as a 17-year-old. They knew what Jamara Hagen had done as a 17-year-old. This year, coming into this season, they were looking back at under-16s form, which is way too far in the past and a rearview mirror. So it's a really difficult stage for recruiters to uh, look at these prospects. But overall, I think the talent pool is exciting. There's some definitely some, some players in that top 
uh, 10 to 15 groups that we like to look off from a WA perspective. Matthew Johnson looks like a real standout, a midfielder who's been playing some league footy. Hasn't been absolutely dominating at that level, but we know what a good player he is as a, as a nice-sized midfield option. And also Jack Williams is another one as a key forward who's been playing some strong footy at Colts level. So uh, there's a couple of names. And Jacob Van Ruyen as well is, yeah. is a hard-working key forward. And, and they're probably the standouts at the moment from a WA perspective. Last one for before we let you go. Kel Toomey from AFL.com.au across all things draft and recruiting is on Sporting Goss. Jamara Hagen, of course, we know that it's been overdosed on it. We know that uh, the Bulldogs are sick of talking about it. From you sitting where you're sitting and not being on selection and knowing where the Bulldogs are at, are you surprised he has not made his debut yet? Forget about what we think he might be not doing enough hard work, not working both ways, too much social media, all that crap, I don't care. But are you surprised halfway through the season that he has not played an AFL game? To be perfectly honest, no. I mean, if maybe if you took him back, 10 months, I would have said, of course, he'll play early in the season. But then you look at it a little bit closer and you see what the dogs have at their disposal in the forward half and how well they're going. It's such an unusual situation mm. where the number one pick goes to the premiership favourites. I mean, that, when's that ever happened before? It's, it's so rare. So they've been given so much luxury to just let him develop at his own speed at VFL level. He's played a couple of really good games. He's played a couple of quieter ones. He got concussed a couple of weeks ago, so he's missed a, a couple of weeks with that. Uh, didn't travel with the senior side to Sydney for their extended stay up there. Um, and then obviously onwards to, to Perth. So, look, it's it doesn't surprise me. And I think that in some ways it might be the best for, thing for him because he'll play at some point. He might get a game in the second half of this season. But Luke Beveridge has always been one who keeps his players on their toes with selection. You're never quite sure which way he's going to go when match committee comes out. And uh, this is just another example of a player being made to earn it and it might be the best thing for him because he's such a huge talent and I can't wait to see him when he does get out there, but we might just have to wait until later this season or potentially 2022. Brilliant stuff last night with yourself. Uh, also, Mitch Cleary and Nat Edwards, mate, on online. Loved watching it. Loved the simplicity of it and loved uh, that you knew every single player. Uh, you are crystal balling. You nailed it all the way through it. It was good to watch. Well done and thanks for joining us today. Thanks a heap, guys. Appreciate it, mate. He's a good man, Cal Toomey, afl.com.au. If you want to know about the hopefuls and the future stars of the game, he is the go-to. He is the guru when it comes to AFL drafting. We'll get a breakaway. We'll come back. Robbie West is going to join us. He's up north at Christmas Creek Mine. He's going to talk about his son, Connor. He'll join us next. This is Sporting Goss. 22 hopefuls got a second chance or a first chance into the AFL system last night with the AFL mid-season rookie draft. And it gives us great pleasure to be speaking to a very proud dad today because we've taken pick number 23 with 22-year-old Connor West. He's the son of former West Coast Eagle in Robbie West who joins us from the mines up north. Westy, what a whirlwind day for you and the family. G'day, guys. Yeah, no, it was an amazing, amazing day yesterday. Very, very proud for us all. It was, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, it, it was. Now, how much realistic chance did you give your young fella of being picked up yesterday? And what was your awareness of, one, the draft, two, he'd nominated, and three, that he'd joined West Coast? 
Well, uh, yeah, I didn't really sort of expect it. I, I knew because I went over to the, um, the the state game with him over over in South Australia, and and he told me after that that uh, that all nominated or nominated all all the players uh, for the for the draft and stuff. But uh, I sort of never really. Uh, oh, he's had a, he's had a great year. It's probably his best year he's had. But um, yeah, I was sort of uh, I was sort of hoping and fingers crossed a little bit that he uh, that he might uh, might be a bit of a chance. But I didn't even realise the draft was on yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so you so you you spoke to him obviously so he was obviously thrilled I mean what was your conversation like if you'd like to share that with the audience Yeah no it was all well, you actually told me you got drafted when I just jumped out of the shower and I'm up here at uh, I'm up here at Twiggy's mine at Christmas Creek and uh, I just got back uh, back to me donger and uh, I just jumped out of the shower and you'd uh, you'd actually rang me and, and told me so I didn't like I said I didn't even know the draft was on but uh, <laughs> I eventually got hold of him uh, probably uh, 20 minutes after I spoke to you and uh, oh yeah no he was just uh, he's a bit like me sort of uh, Sort of a bit dumbfounded, sort of shocked, you know. But uh, but yeah, no, he's, he's he's elated and he's excited and uh, and just really looking forward to the uh, the challenge and uh, and getting amongst it and a new chapter in his uh, in his life, you know, the next the next chapter. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so just tell us a bit about his attributes. I mean, as a proud dad, you're going to tell me that he's you know one of the greatest things of all time. But just talk, talk about him as a youngster. You know, when you you're growing up and you've won a Sandover, you played AFL football, you went across to Adelaide as well. Just tell us a bit about. Him as a young boy following his dad's footsteps or playing junior footy or shadowing you. Just tell us a bit about the Connor West story. Yeah, well, he, uh, he started obviously playing when I coached him for his first couple of years. He was uh, sort of five and six in his, his first couple of years there. And uh, and I thought, you know, this kid might have a little bit of uh, bit of telling about him. But, he, uh, yeah, no, he just sort of uh, progressed through the uh, through uh, over the years. And then um, I remember he used to get down to West Perth and they had... Uh, he was probably about uh, 11 or 12, I suppose, and they go and do those sort of clinic things uh, with the with the seniors and stuff. And he'd come home with a, a bit of paper to say, you know, your push-ups, your, you know, your, your all different uh, things, your squats and whatever, and uh, sit-ups and whatever. And uh, anyway, he'd, uh, he'd sort of, you know, say how many he did or whatever at the, the, the clinic, and he really enjoyed it. Anyway, after tea and that sort of stuff, you'd, you'd go past his bedroom and he'd, be, uh, he'd have the door closed. And so you'd, you'd open, you'd sneak the door open and uh, he'd have his earphones in. And he'd be doing push-ups and sit-ups and uh, planking and uh, or uh, bridging, whatever you call it, and uh, and all that sort of stuff. Just uh, just doing stuff off that list. And I thought, yeah, this kid, uh, he's going to put the hard yards in. Then he was always doing extra training, you know, more than any of the other kids were doing in the team. And I thought, yeah, this uh, he really wants to, to maybe have a go at it. And uh, and then a few years ago, there he. Uh, yeah, he's obviously playing senior footy, and he was sort of watching what he was eating more. And, and then I remember last year, I sort of said to him, I said, "Yeah, you haven't been drafted." I said, "Mate, why don't you just chill out a bit? You know, eat a bit of chocolate, and you know, a bit more chocolate, and, and have a few more beers with the boys. And, and you know, don't forget your mates and that. You know, go out and have a few beers and, and enjoy yourself. And and then and now this has happened. You know, he's up, he's having his best year. He, you know, he said he said last night he ate a fair bit of chocolate over over the pre-season and then he, he's, he's had a few more beers than normal and he's been going out with his mates and he's, he's bought a house now so he's got a couple of his mates living with him so that you know i go around there whenever i'm home and uh, i'm always uh, helping him doing things and we end up having a beer and that sort of stuff after work and and on the weekend or whatever and it's it's it's, it's really good you know and i think he's probably relaxed a bit more there and then all of a sudden he's he's playing great footy and and bingo he's uh, he's been drafted which is uh which is great for him you yeah. know robbie west our guest on the sporting goss we're talking to a dad who, uh, of course, his young boy is now on the West Coast Eagles list. I mean, obviously, he's ensconced in West Perth. That's where all his mates are. Um, I don't think he's got clearance to play straight away for West Coast Waffle. But at the same time, is um, that must be tough too. As much as he's so excited about going to the next level and being with an AFL club, and that's what kids aspire to, um, that upheaval to sort of down tools and, and leave West Perth. 
mind you, friends for life, so I'm sure he will uh, acquaint himself with that footy club again in the in in the future. Um, but that must be probably somewhat of a downside to to that because he's sort of connected with the, the with the Falcons. Yeah, well, that'll uh, that's going to obviously be hard for him. You know, he'll he'll go across and uh, obviously play in the Eagles uh, reserves there and, and stuff. And uh, but then, yeah, you know, if you want to get to the next level, then yeah, you know, he's going to have to play with all his teammates that he's going to be training with now. And uh, and he'll still have his mates and stuff at West Perth. And then at the end of his you know AFL career, hopefully it's in ten years time or whatever, he can always come back to West Perth or, or whatever. And uh, and uh, God be willing that he uh, he gets a good go at it and whatever. But uh, yeah, no, it's going to be it'll be different for him. But then that's uh, that's the nature of the uh, the game at the mm, moment. Absolutely. Now I picked up the paper today. Back page: Sun rises in the West. Eagles pull waffle shock in mid-season draft. There's a shot of Connor West breaking out of the pack against South Fremantle. Dead set. I reckon there's a photo that I have seen that looks exactly like you with the same look, the ball, the same direction, the crouch of the body. Do you recall a photo very similar to that? Yeah, it, uh, I'd say there would be one there, and it's just, yeah, like I say, it's a long time ago now. But uh, but no, I'm pretty, uh, I'm actually pretty proud of him with the mullet. He's got the uh, he's got the hair going, which is <laughs> which is uh, which is very good. I'm very proud of his mullet. So. <laughs> uh, so he went across to the state game, and some people said it wasn't his best game. But do you feel like that was a, a chance to? I mean, albeit West Coast have taken him, there would have been a lot of scouts looking at that game on online on TV, and, and maybe even at the venue as well. Did you did you feel that could have been a game changer for him, or do you think he was? Always in the West Coast sites before that. No, that that, that might have uh, yeah put uh, put him uh, opened him up a bit more to the uh, to the obviously to the Eagles and then maybe other clubs and stuff. And uh, but yeah, no, obviously yeah, it's a great uh, great uh, um what do you say accolade to, uh, mm. to to make the state team and, and go over there. And that's obviously yeah, opened up the door for him. And I know I was talking to Jack Cale and when I was over there and bumped into him and. Uh, and he was going to go down to, uh, to Port Power and get them to uh, get them to try and uh, maybe have a look at him and that sort of thing. So, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's obviously uh, yeah by getting in there, that's uh, that's made it might have might have opened up the door. Maybe they're looking at him before. I'm mm. too sure. He, he loves to tackle. He's the leading tackler, one of the leading tacklers in the waffle competition, and certainly the leading tackler at West Perth. Uh, it seems as though West Coast. Uh, a lot of it is their t- tackling or lack of tackling or the breaking of tackles at the moment. Not saying he's going to walk in and be the tackling machine and the superstar, but if that's the one thing he brings to the to the plate for West Coast, that's not a bad attribute to have, is it? No, that's a great attribute. I remember, um, remember, yeah, obviously when uh, when I was growing up, yeah, I grew up in the in the country and that sort of stuff, and played in a um, a good tough uh, sort of league over there and, and and tackling was a big thing then and when we come to the Eagles you now Mick obviously made sure that you know you always lead with your shoulder and I got him as a young kid they always you know always said to him you know, always lead with your shoulder lead him with your shoulder you know and, and he's done that and it's obviously progressed through through his uh his games he's played and then obviously you know the senior level and and this year is really standing up by uh by being the the the, the best tackler and, and stuff so mm-hmm. what's so the that's, a, that's a, a very important part of your game these days yeah very much so so he was at was he at the club yesterday someone told me that they saw connor west at west coast yesterday i mean i don't know what the process is there that was even prior to the draft so they're obviously running some checks on him maybe even doing a medical on him i mean it's an amazing process isn't it i mean as you said you weren't even aware the draft was on but it's amazing how uh, clubs go about their due diligence and obviously they would have had to do some to making sure that he was fit and sound and ready to be drafted yeah i think uh, i think there might have been a few of them they uh, they put through the 
the uh, through the uh, yeah. testing and that sort of stuff. Just to, like you say, just to make sure they're uh, they're right and they've got no little uh, little niggly injuries or whatever that uh, could be long term uh, mm. you know, injury for them. But uh, but you know he, he snuck down there. So he obviously didn't tell anyone, and he had to keep it quiet as they said, keep it quiet. And, and you know they're not guaranteed they're going to draft him or anything, but just had to obviously do the checks. And, and like I said, there's probably a few of them that. Uh, that went through and, uh, and got tested, but um, but DNA in the end he's uh, he's got picked up. So uh, but DNA super proud, mate. It's uh, it's yeah. awesome. Nah, good on you, mate. Well, congratulations to you and to Kylie and to the sisters as well. So how many kids have you got, and where does he sit in the pecking order? Well, he's the second one, mate. We've got uh, got three girls and uh, and and him. So his, his three sisters are his uh, his biggest supporters. They've been to know every game like he's uh, he's played like through all the juniors on raining days. They'll be all sitting there with little umbrellas and, and whatever when they're when they're little and stuff, but. Uh, but yeah, no, Bree's obviously the oldest one, and then uh, then Connor, and then uh, then Ash is the next one, and then Shanae's the, the younger one. So, uh, but now they'll be <laughs> they go to every game, like I say, and there is uh, there is biggest uh, three biggest supporters. So, ah, uh, well, it's a, it's the next step. Who knows when he when if he plays for West Coast? But one thing's for sure, he's a darn sight closer than he was 24 hours ago, mate. And you must be incredibly proud. I know Kylie would be proud. You're proud. You're a long way from it. I'm sure you, you'll be uh, making sure your roster suits if he does make his uh, AFL debut at some stage that you uh, you make sure you're there wherever that game may be played. Oh, for sure. Yeah, now we're all uh, we're all very proud as a, as a family and stuff. And uh, But, yeah, now, like I said to the boss uh, this morning, I said, uh, mate, if uh, he gets a call up somewhere, you need to get me on the plane and ASAP, you know, and, and I'll get there. To, you know, I want to see his first game. I want to be there for his first game. Yeah. So. Good on you, mate. I'm sure Twiggy will arrange it. He might even fly. fly. Uh, you might get the personal jet to wherever, wherever that game's being played. If I could take Twiggy with me, that'd be, uh, that'd be good. Uh, <laughs> no, that'd be awesome, mate, wouldn't it? <laughs> Twiggy, Twiggy and Robbie watching Connor make his AFL debut for the Eagles. Congratulations, mate. I know you're on cloud nine. Appreciate you taking our call. So whereabouts are you in the world? Exactly when you said you're on the mine for Twiggy, FMG, where, which, which mine are you on and what are you doing up there? We're actually at uh, Christmas Creek here. It's, um, it's about um, it's about uh, 35, 40 k's from uh, from Cloudbreak, and uh, we actually built a big uh, solar farm up here. 166,000 panels uh, they've put in here, and wow. this going through. It's at the end of it now. It's at the end of it. Been here, uh, been here over 12 months, and uh, in the commissioning stages and uh, the demoving and all that sort of stuff. So we're sort of getting down to the last uh, the last few months of the job. But um, but yeah, no, it's um. It's actually quite cool up here today, but it's um yeah no she gets uh, gets pretty warm up here as well. It's, uh, but yeah no I've been uh, been here for a while, but uh, yeah no it's a good good spot to work. So we're just uh, making Twiggy more uh, more beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well he looks after the West Aussies, mate. So that's the main thing, and he's uh, he's Western Force player tomorrow. Tomorrow, so uh, we'll be chatting with their uh, their star Ian Pryor a little bit later. So Twiggy's figuring prominently on the show today. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Congratulations, mate. Pass on our best to Connor, and uh, it's been a big time for the West family. You're a good man. You've been a good mate for a long time. Very proud of uh, what's happened to the family. So thanks for joining us today, mate. No worries, mate. Thanks a lot, Timbo. It's, uh, it's been great. Good on you, mate. There's Robbie West, of course, the son of Connor, who is now on the West Coast Eagles list. It was a big day for them, and it will continue to be some big times ahead. This is the Sporting Goss. Thanks, April. April Austin in the newsroom. Been a big first half hour. Robbie West, Cal Toomey, still to come. Wayne Paul, East Kimberley Football League president. And if you're an Essendon fan, you may want to stay listening because Irving Mosquito is up at Halls Creek. We'll give you an update on his progress as well. Matty Parker still to come in the show. Also, Corey Homicide, Williams talking basketball. Ian Pryor is in New Zealand. Plays his 100th game of Super Rugby tomorrow night against Canterbury. And against the Crusaders and Trevor Gleeson, hopefully before um, midday as well. Just a reminder too, Peter Vlahos uh, is going to be 
a part of Tab Lounge every Saturday morning. That's right, on SEN Spirit 621 on SEN Track 657. They're going to cover all things sport, racing, and David Short will deliver some uh, minutes uh, by up-to-date minute uh, odds as well. It's brilliant. It's Tab Lounge, 9 to 11 on a Saturday morning on SEN Spirit 621 and also SEN Track 657. So uh, well done to Peter Vlaar. Speaking of Pete, he's been on the phone. He said, Goss, I'm doing drive from Mineral Resources Park at Lathlane Park tonight between 5 and 6 before the 10 past 6 bounce of the ball between Subiaco in Perth. And you'll hear that game on SEN Radio as well. So Peter Vlahos, drive tonight from 5, ahead of the big game between Subiaco and Perth. And you can book, join Peter and the team Saturday morning for Tab Lounge Sport Racing Updated Odds, thanks to David Short and the TAB. And that's 9 till 11, Saturday morning on SEN Spirit 621 and SEN Track 657. He's a busy boy, as the uh, Peter Vlahos. He's a good fella. Hey, on the text too, and you can always text us, as you know, 0487 736 736. No name on this text, but uh, if you do text us, let us know who you are and where you are listening to us from. Goss, Robbie is a champion, played with him for a year at the Mora Rovers Football Club. Good luck to his thumbs. Good luck to his son with the thumbs up emoji. He is certainly a very good player in itself. Uh, for those who want to know, uh, I can also say that last night the Glory's finals chances came to an end. They were beaten 2-1 by the Brisbane Roar. In a moment, we'll hear from Richard Garcia. But let's hear from Gary and Tim this morning. They uh, were talking about goal kicking. And it was across uh, Nat Fife and a few others. I think Patrick Dangerfield's name comes up as well. Here's the long chat between Gary and Tim on SEN this morning about the errant goal kicking of some of the game's big names. We look at footballs week in, week out, and you think, okay, young player, inexperienced, you can lose confidence, it can come and it can go. But then you talk about somebody that's been one of the best players in the game and the fact that deep into their career, they could possibly lose confidence in their own ability to be able to kick a goal as well. Is My question to you is this. So right now we've got these two, I'd say, and there'll be more than this, so please contribute as we go along. Nathan Fife, mm. Harry Mackay, yep. Joe Danaher, as the three that readily spring to mind who just don't basically look like to me that when they get a shot at goal, they don't want to take a... a uh, what we've come to know as just a stock standard drop punch shot at goal. Around the corner, yep, stop. <clears throat> is this a new thing or is it just because the game covers is covered so forensically that we know every single player that can't kick for goal? I think there's a bit of that, but I think we see this in sports, in sports across the world, like golfers go cold on their putting or whatever other part of their game. Experienced golfers, it can happen to their game can fall apart. And it can be as a result of confidence and a lack of confidence. I'm fascinated with Harry Mackay this week and how he lines up for that first goal. Not it, What he will want, he, he will want an absolute gimme this week, Harry's first shot. He went around the corner, that's what he'll want. He, but he wanted about 10 or 15 metres out from goal because he his confidence really started to take a battering late in that game against the Sydney Swans last weekend. Now, I don't know whether... You know, he's done, he, he would have done a lot of work during the week, okay, on his goal kick. And then he's probably thinking, okay, I'm going to go back to, I'm going to go back to the thing that worked for me most, and that was kicking around the corner. He lost that in that last quarter against uh, Sydney at the weekend. Do you, so Joe Danaher is the same. 
Goss. <coughs> Goss. Certainly well. And his missus aren't affecting the result. Yeah, mate. I think Wayne Paul needs to be played leading into the news. Yeah. Because it's going to cut off. If we play it after this ad break, it's going to cut off. So what do you want me to do? Take two breaks before going to this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So take a break after this and then come back and then take another break and then play okay. the... Okay. Yeah. Cut out of this As when you can. As to who you judge the best. Cut out of this when, when they both finish talking. Cool. Broadly, goal kicking and whether it affects their legacy as all-time greats down the track. Do you mark Nathan Fife down on the back of his goal kicking woes at the moment? Uh, a couple of others that have come off the temper text. Paddy Cripps done a great shot at goal. I think that's pretty fair. I would don't think he's a great, reliable shot at goal. Yeah, there it is. Says Gary and Tim talking this morning about the goal kicking woes of some of our game's biggest names. We'll get a breakaway still to come. We are going to be chatting with East Kimberley Football League President. Wayne Paul, he's going to talk about the Halls Creek Football Factory. This is the Sporting Goose. Well, as we saw last night, Ashley Johnson, it says he's from Sturt, but of course we know he's from WA. He's a former Claremont Colts product. More in particular than that, he's from Halls Creek. Ash Johnson now gone to Collingwood. And a man who can tell us a bit more about him is Wayne Paul, who's from the East Kimberley Football Association. He's the president of there of East Kimberley, and he joins us online. Uh, Wayne, thanks for your time. What another great achievement for a very small town, but in particular, a town that continues to produce AFL-listed players. Yes, that's correct. You know, it's got a very good history in the last... Uh, I mean, you, you, you've got a COVID year there, but, man, in the last five years, this is uh, number nine. Wow. And I, I think there's now six currently on lists... Uh, just okay, just for our listeners who are listening now on SENWA and and around Australia on podcasts, just tell us in regards to Halls Creek itself, the size of the town, how many people there, and the remoteness of the town. Well, you're on the uh, number one highway. You're 365 k's from Cunnamulla, and um, about you know seven uh, six fifty from uh, Broome. So. Uh, about 600 people thereabouts, and I mean, Halls Creek's been synonymous with Andy's, you know, his social behaviour and dysfunctional. But I mean, one thing they can do is play football. <laughs> and is football? I would imagine football is a big part of community and a big part of maybe trying to keep the young men and women on the rails a little bit and probably staying out of trouble. Uh, yeah, football in this region is very important. I mean, it's good for mental health and things like that. I mean, our league is 650 kilometres long. So um, we go down as far as Balgo, Halls Creek, up to Kananara. So, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's 11 teams. Um, and Halls Creek at the moment are sitting there. They're going for a triple premiership. They're three in a row this year, if they can make it. Tell our listeners right now, and we are chatting with Wayne Paul from East Kimberley Footy, uh, just in regards to Halls Creek and the breeding ground. So in the last five years, and take out the COVID year, nine players have entered the AFL. Who's probably the best known player and the one that's gone on with it? Uh, Sam Seaton Petrovesky. Sam's up in the, in the 80 games there at Carlton. He was number six pick in 15 of 015. So, yeah, so um, he's probably the best uh, known of the boys. Yeah, and, and can you give us a, the heads up on on this young man, Ash Johnson? I mean, how how long ago did he leave town? And obviously, Claremont seemed to be the uh, the connection there for uh, for Halls Creek. A lot of them come through that district. So, uh, just tell us a bit about uh, Ash Johnson, if you can. 
Yeah, look, Ash, I mean, we're zoned to Claremont, so that's our zoning, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why a lot of these boys go that way. Um, and, and a lot of it, I think, is the boarding school. A lot of these kids go away. So um, he's a Halls Creek boy, um, and then he's played a bit in Cunanara, and then he's gone away to boarding school. So um, he's actually Shane McAdams' uh, brother, mm-hmm. and he's actually got another younger brother, Eric Benning, who's playing with Claremont Colts now, so... It's an interesting tie-up. You know, yeah, very much so. Three different, three different, uh, three well, three different fathers, and I mean they're all very good sportsmen. Tell us right now, have you got any others who are through there? Any other Horse Creek uh, hopefuls that could possibly enter the system? That where you talk about umpiring that you see them each and every week. Oh, look, there's plenty of them there. It's where they've they've got that dedication. I mean, yeah. it's a pretty hard life to get to the AFL. It's a pretty hard road, and a lot of these kids, like I said, they've gone away to boarding school. So they've had that grounding. So, um, and yeah, a few have gone through, you know, Claremont. There's a talent pathway, and we've got kids down there now. We've got a couple of boys. We have just had one kid um, down in the under 19 states. So, uh, and his brother is is a, a very excellent footballer as well. So, they'll be in Broome this weekend. Um, we've got another couple of boys down there with Claremont, the Williams boys, and. You know, they're the next generation, um, and they're originally there, and they're all from that same um, gene pool. They're they're the, they're as the Farah. Yep. So Farah's the Bedfords, the um, Seatons, and um, the McAdams, and they're all tied up. Mm. And uh, you know, Ash Johnson, you know, like I said, his mum is uh, Desley, and she, you know, he's got three boys, and two of them are playing AFL now, and one's I'll be hopeful. Yeah. So when so when these games on, do, does and and a product from Halls Creek and through that district and that region is playing, and everyone knows they're playing. So like when when we know that Ash Johnson, if and when he makes his AFL debut, and he's obviously uh, you know a, a bit older, so he's a more mature age pickup there for Collingwood, and they probably will need him because they're going bad. But does the town get behind him? Do they all watch it on the telly? And does everyone sort of walk around town talking about uh, the next big thing out of Halls Creek? Oh, yeah, I think it's, it's, it is. They follow their players and they all know what they're up to. You know, I mean, they're all watching, they're all on Facebook. So, I mean, there's mm. a lot of support. And, I mean, it's good for a town that's, you know, doesn't have a... I mean, it's got a, it's had some pretty bad names and pretty bad things said about it. But one thing it can do is it can it can play football. Yeah, no doubt. And last one for you, and we really appreciate your time on the show today, is uh, Irving Mosquito, who, of course, we know that Essendon are here at the Dreamtime game and they had a great win on the weekend. We know that Irving uh, went home some time ago dealing with injury. I mean, how's he going? Can you give uh, our Essendon followers uh, an update on his welfare at the moment? Yeah, look, he's in all Creek. I saw saw Irving last week at a game and the week before he wanted wanted to play and I said, no, no, I don't think Essendon would be like that. So (laughs) you you can rest. But, I mean, it's, and it's hard. Now he's back home. It's, I mean, he's, he's, and he's back in his country. So rehabilitating from a, an ACL injury is going to be tough on him. And, you know, I mean, just to get him back will be, will be a mental challenge. Mm. Do, you, do you think he wants to rejoin Essendon or do you think those days may have passed him by? Well, he's not that old. I mean, Irving's not very old. He'd be 18, 19, I suppose. I'm trying to think how old he is. But, I mean, I would like to think he could go back. But, I mean, it's whether he's, uh, you know, back in, in country and whether he can, you know, break out, back out of that cycle and get his mental, mm-hmm. you know, mental strengths back into playing footy. So, I mean, that'll be that'll be up for Irving. But, uh, yeah, look, I'd like to see him be able to have another crack. But 
whether he does or not, will be up to wait and see. No, it's obviously he thinks his knee's good enough because he's <laughs> if he's keen to pull the boots on. Well, I don't know. He might need me. I don't want to test it. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, the other interesting fact we haven't looked at is, I mean, the women of Halls Creek. There's yes. four women out of Halls Creek drafted. So, um, yeah, I mean, not only they having success with the men, but there yeah. is actually four women. Tell us more about again, tell, 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 yeah, the, tell us more about them and, and what clubs are they all linked with? Well, I mean, uh, I'm not sure which AFL clubs they're with. I mean, there's a Chasm Stewart. Uh, Stewart. She's, uh, I mean, I work with her sister up here in Canada, or cousin. And then there's a uh, Whit Farrah. So you know which family that's from. She's a Farrah. So that's all. And all these people are, you know, all, all relatives of Daisy Farrah, the, uh, the uh, XMP. Yep, so, yep. Uh, you've got Crystal Petrovesky, who's Sam's cousin, and uh, then you've got Alicia Jantz. So I'm not sure which family she's from, but I'm... Probably, if he looked into it, should be related. Yeah, well, Alicia Jance, of course, is um, with um, the West Coast Eagles, and, and um, yes. yeah, and Josie's um, just about to have a baby, and of course, uh, played about ninety-seven games for the West Coast Fever in netball as well. I worked with her on uh, on Monday night at the netball, which is fantastic. Well, it's a it is a great production mm. line, and and football, uh, the the women's game up that way is 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 thriving. It's just starting to take off. I mean, we've sort of. We've we've got three teams that sort of play around Halls Creek, um, yep. and it's in its formative year, so it's a bit hit and miss. But in the northern end, we've got uh, five teams of women's footy teams, so it's getting there. But I mean, it's, geographically, it's a bit harder because mm. I mean the men comp's been running longer. There's there's only so many cars and whatever in some of these communities. So getting women's games up and running with men's comp is sometimes a little bit challenging. Yeah, well, mate, congratulations to, uh, to everyone involved. You've been up there, as you mentioned, for over 20 years now and seen this production line. It continues to grow. Some great, great talent coming out of Halls Creek and right through that East Kimberley region. Well done to you. Well done to everyone. And Ash Johnson joins the long list and the very current list of hopefuls coming out of the Halls Creek region. Appreciate your time and thanks for letting us know a bit more about the game, the town and the whole football production line that is Halls Creek. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. Ben Simmons, 19 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, a couple of blocks and a steal and a team high 39 minutes as he and the 76ers wrapped up their first round series against Washington this morning. Coming up after the 11 o'clock news, Matt Parker, the new recruit from South Fremantle, St Kilda, he's joining Richmond. Will he play Saturday night? Corey Homicide, Williams talking basketball, life after Bryce Cotton at the Wildcats. Ian Pryor talking rugby, plays his 50th, uh, 100th game, should I say, tomorrow. And hopefully we'll chat with Trevor Gleeson before the top of the hour. This is the Sporting Goss on a Thursday. Peter Vlahos from five with Drive. Again, it was just a night full of great stories, isn't it? And a lot of those great stories came out of WA. And one of the best is Matt Parker, of course. South Fremantle, former Saint, now with Richmond. And it is just a feel-good story. And he joins us on the Sporting Goss on SEN right around WA. Parks, congratulations, mate. Um, You must be on cloud nine and you must be, well, fair to say, taking a few phone calls over the last 12 hours. Uh, no, thanks for having me, mate. Good, good to be on, um, be on board. Yeah, a few phone calls, but um, yeah, just, just uh, sat with the family, you know, soaked it all in, and uh, getting ready for the for the hard yards now. 
Yeah, it is. I mean, you've just got to now focus. Tell us a bit about the, the St Kilda journey. don't want to go too much over it, but you played the 19 games. It all ended a bit abruptly for you, but you could have spat the chewy and walked away like so many young men do and just gone, oh, it got too hard and whatever. But you went back to South Fremantle. That clearly is the move that opens the door again with another AFL club and a huge club at that, the best club of the modern era right now in Richmond. Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously... Uh First year at the Saints was, you know, 17 games. Um, then I just, you know, got injured and a um, couple of niggles here and then. And the second year didn't really have have a good year, um, you know, off the field and on the field. So, um, you know, coming back after getting delisted, coming back and, you know, just kind of with a little little chip on my shoulder. Yeah. Um, and just kind of a point of proof, took it on the chin and, you know, done the hard yards behind the scenes and um, obviously back at South and just played, played, tried to play the best footy I could. And, you know, obviously coming back, I started enjoying and loving the footy as I always did. And, you know, the love for it now is just, you, you can't explain it really. Well, we can because we could see the smile and hear it in your voice uh, right now. But also the fact is that... Um, your mate Marlon Pickett was one of the first ones to call you, and I'm sure you were still stunned. There wasn't a lot of uh, to and fro in the conversation, but uh, he's played a significant part in your football journey, and he's another example of, you know, when you get back focused and on the rails, uh, good things happen. Yeah, that, that, that's it. I think, um, you know, ever ever since my footy started, um, Marlon's been there. He's uh, got me down, down to the south, and, you know, my journey took off from there, but you know that, like I said, he's been there and I've been there for him. So it's a two-way street with us. Yeah. Um, you know, when he needs it, I'm there for him, and when I need it, he's there for me. So, you know, he's just a big brother I never had, and you know, I'm I'm just another little brother to him. So, um, you know, to have him at Richmond and so along with all the other boys is um, it's going to be pretty special to be on field with him again, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, well, Matty, can I just say that, you know, Sydney Stack, I know Sydney's had, you know, he's been had his moments, but they've, they've sticked by them. And Damien Hardwick is a great believer in sticking by the players, sticking by the group, sticking by uh, Marlon Pickett, get him on the list, plays in a grand final, plays in a premiership. Um, you know, things don't always go according to plan in everyone's life, but they seem as though they're um, very much focused on, on what happens away from the footy field. Um, you, you've got a huge opportunity, not just as a footballer, but as a young man to be attached to a great football club who seem to have everything in line to make life better for you. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I think they obviously took a chance on, on Miles and, you know, look what it's done for him and the club. Um, you know, um, young Sydney and, and a couple of other boys, you know, we're, we're not all perfect. So, um, you know, to, to see a club stand by their players and... Mm. And have their backs is you know something that you want to you want to be a part of. Um, you know you don't you don't want to be a part of something that no one's going to be there for you or, or you feel like you're alone. Where as the, as at Richmond, all you can see from the outside and the inside is that everyone's there for each other. And you know I'm extremely proud to become a part of that. Let's talk about the logistics of it, mate. What about family? They've already been, you know, you've been across there before. What, what's the whole sort of upheaval going to be like, or you you, you just can't wait to do it? Um, no, like I said, um, it's all it's all for my kids. Every everything I do is for my two kids. So you know, a little bit little, little sacrifice now is um, going to help 
me me and my family in the long run. Yeah, very true. When do you, so the fact is that they're coming over here is a great way of introducing yourself to them. Um, realistically, have they have you spoken to Damien Hardwick? Are you any possible chance? And I know that it's called this COVID protocol, but is there any possible chance you could be playing Saturday night, or have you been told no? Don't don't get your head in that game just yet. Um, no, there's, there's been no conversation about that at all. I've just, you know, spoke with Dima and, you know, introduced myself and congratulated me and, you know, just can't wait to meet him. Yeah, well, it's exciting stuff. Where were you when the draft happened yesterday and who was the first person to tell you? I, I'm led to believe there was a few South Fremantle Colts blowers started to obviously look at their phones and social media and started to sort of shimmy over towards your direction. Did you know something was going on? Um, yeah, so I was, I was in the gym, um... You know, I do my gym regularly on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just in the gym and then, um, you know, my manager called me and I was thinking, what's, what's going on here? Why is he calling me? <laughs> you know, draft time. And then, um, yeah, he's on the phone and then, you know, maybe a minute later, uh, my phone started blowing up. Um, the manager started going off. So, um, and then all the young Colts boys just started shaking my hand and saying congratulations. So, I was like, I'm assuming I, I got picked up, but didn't know who, and then that was it. It was Richmond. Yeah, it is a, it is a fantastic. Did you sleep okay last night, mate? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Um, the kids kids uh, kept my back warm, so um, <laughs> it was a nice, cosy sleep. <laughs> mate, well done. Fantastic. Great story. It's just a, another great story in football. Um, and, and, you know, be sad that uh, a great product has to go east again to to carve out his AFL trade, but uh, it's well deserved. And, and one final one: the state game. I've spoken to a number of the boys who played in that state game. They said that was a great experience. Not the result they wanted, but it was a great experience. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, of course. You know, it's um, obviously West, uh, representing Western Australia. You know, the Black Swan. Um, you always want to represent your your state, um, and you know, even for the younger boys who never experienced it. I think it's a good learning curve for them and um, getting their football out there. So, you know, um, don't don't dwell on dwell on the loss. Just keep keep the experience and um, build from that. You're a good man. Congratulations from everyone, mate. Look forward to seeing whatever unfolds in your Richmond journey. All right, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, my pleasure. Thank you for taking our call. There's Matt Parker. Another great story. His second chance at the AFL. He's a wonderful product of South Fremantle, and it's another feel-good story. This is the Sporting Goss on a Thursday. Welcome back to Sporting Goss on this Thursday. Pretty chilly start to the day, but things are certainly hotting up in the NBL. Three teams are through to the playoffs, of course, and we are talking about uh, the Wildcats being in that. And they've still got one game to go, of course, and they've got still to play Melbourne tomorrow night. Of course, Melbourne United come to town to RAC Arena. But the whole league and fourth spot is still up for grabs. And one man who's across it, of course, is the NBL's finest, and that is Corey Homicide-Williams, and he's been kind enough to join us. Well, we're down to three that have made the finals. Great man. But that fourth spot, who knows over the next three or four games? And that's, first of all, thanks for having me on, T.G., I hope you're well out there. Always, always great to have you on. You are a legend. Man, thank you, man. But um, this, the way it's all unfolding is nothing new with the NBL in the past few years, over the past few years. It's always come down to the final game and the final round Mm. in the NBL. So it's great for the league because of the level of unpredictability for that fourth spot. There's three teams that legit could get it. 
Southeast Melbourne Phoenix are just pissing away their opportunities with these <laughs> piss poor performance, let's be honest. Right? Yeah. Then you have Brisbane Bullets that always wait till the end <laughs> to rally. They keep us all on our the edges of our seats because they too can make the top four. Then you have Sydney Kings that's still in the mix. So it's it just sets it up for an interesting round and it you know just so happens to be the final round of nbl 21 it certainly does so if you were to 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 lay all the cards on the table and form on form game on game where the games are being played percentages put your put your proverbials on the line great man who do you think can make it i know you i know it's difficult but if you had to crystal ball it who would it be to be honest with you i still believe the phoenix will figure it out I just believe that because I believe in the leadership of Kiefer Sykes, and he had a bad game. Mm-hmm. He had a really bad game. I think he was like one for ten or something like that. I, I cut it off. It just, I just couldn't believe like they would come out and lay another egg after losing an opportunity to seal their fate against Cairns a week ago. Mm-hmm. They drop another egg and. <laughs> I know the leader that he is, and he will take it personal. He didn't come to play, and I believe that he'll get it right in these next two games, their last two games. They play New Zealand in New Zealand, Mm -hmm. and then they go and play Brisbane again. So I I honestly believe they'll get it right. Going to be a high-stakes couple of games. Let's turn our attention to the game tomorrow night at RAC Arena, and it is Melbourne United who are up against the Perth Wildcats. What's there to achieve for these two teams, um, knowing full well that they've already locked away their spot? I mean, you just still want to go into, regardless of locking your, your one and two spots up, you want to continue to play good basketball. Perth Wildcats, as dominant as they've been this year, one of the main reasons they've been this dominant, he's not in the mix anymore, which is obviously the great one. Mm-hmm. Bryce Cotton. Now, the question for me is, who is going to be able to create off the dribble for themselves in the clutch as well as others? Nobody ever be Bryce Cotton. We know this. However, that's where you're lacking at the moment. No one saw this coming. Very unfortunate. I had Perth Wildcats to win it. You know, you play different, I talk different. In the beginning, I did not know Who the hell was going to replace Nick K? I thought he was irreplaceable. Two-time first-team All-NBL power forward, two-time champion. John Mooney came in and has been exceptional. He has exceeded expectations, and that right there changed everything. I didn't know what would happen with no Tariko White. Todd Blanchfield has come in and had an, and has had an exceptional season, the best season of his career. I didn't see that coming. Let's face it, he has been inconsistent over the past few years. So I didn't know if he would be able to come in and play at the standard of what Trevor Gleason demands wearing that Perth Wildcat uniform. And no Damian Martin. I did not think Mitch Norton would be able to consistently bring it. He has exceeded expectations. So you filled all the question marks that everybody had outside of the Red Army, of course. (laughs) But 
it has been it's been great to to see, but listen, it is it's just not going to happen without Bryce Cotton. That's it, it, that's as clutch as you get, and there's nobody to fill that void, mm-hmm. even with the addition of Will Magnate. So it's going to be extremely tough um, for you guys to win it. No doubt about that. And I posted this some time ago on socials and said, "What is the plan B?" if the Mooney-Cotton combo doesn't work and now we see doesn't, isn't around down the stretch in this time. Um, you talked about all those pieces that have come in and replaced others, but there is that one big piece, isn't it? It is the Bryce-Cotton piece. And you look at their list and you go, well, there's actually no one. There's actually no one. Steindl needs to have 30. But he had 25 a couple of weeks ago at home and they're up by almost double digits, and they still lost. That's, yeah. the, that's the concern for me, is even him hitting the scoreboard um, almost a career high, 25, but still not getting the win at home when in front with the foot on the throat. Um, they just don't have anyone to replace Bryce Cotton. I mean, it is, it is as plain as the nose on your face. Yeah, yeah. And um, the thing is, it's happened so late in the season. You yeah. haven't even had an opportunity to go get another import. Yeah. You know, it happened so late, you know, and a lot of times, you know, it's even if a player isn't injured and you want to replace a player, you, 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 you rather do it, you know, maybe 10 games left. You know, you make a, re- a last minute replacement like Perth usually do. You get seven games under your belt, you qualify for finals and then you adjust and go from there. But, uh, you know, injuries are part of the game. It's very unfortunate mm. that um, this occurred and happened this late. It is. So does that mean that uh, Melbourne's finest, uh, and, of course, we are talking about Melbourne United, are they simply now in the box seat to win the whole shooting match, or are Illawarra still good enough? They are in a box seat. Yeah. They are in a box seat. Illawarra, they're not deep enough. They aren't experienced enough. And they don't have the firepower to match at both ends. He's done a good job uh, with them. He's done a good. United. He's done a good job with them, hasn't he, Gorgeous. You know, let, let, let's talk about that, right? Now I posted some stuff this week. And I think I started last week, and by far, the great one, Bryce Cotton, is the MVP of the league. Mm-hmm. However, he's so great. We have he's he's going to fall victim to being that great. That's the standard we hold great people to. And he's held the standard, right? Mm-hmm. So if that's normal, what we see by Cotton, he's going to get the LeBron treatment, right? I don't care if you're the best for the last 10 years. Do you think you're going to get MVP of the league every year? Where have you seen that happen? Mm-hmm. You just don't because that's just the standard. That's who you are. Mm-hmm. So if, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if at some point, it's he's going to be held to the LeBron standard. There's a chance he may not win MVP. That's just what I'm saying. He's that great. We know it. Yep. Yep. So who would be next? Right? My top four is him. No no specific order. Him, Mooney. Mooney's been exceptional. Mm. He really has. Mm. Jock Landale, Tyler Harvey. Now, if you look at all of those guys, Everybody has a squad, a, a crew, mm. except Tyler Harvey. Look at Tyler Harvey's team, okay? 
Dang Adele got waived. Did not come to the party this year. Cam Bearstow, injured. Played maybe half the season, if that. Sam, a young, talented Sam Frawley, who, what, what, this is his second year in the league? Right? He, he came off injury last year. The rest of the team is young and inexperienced. Mm. The next star, Justinian Jessup, hot and cold. You don't know what you're going to get. That's a rookie. Fair enough. Justin Simon, just playing defense. That man has carried that team all year and been consistent. There's no way on paper they're supposed to be in the top four. <laughs> they went down to New Zealand, 30. Five assists, five steals, eight rebounds. They get the win in New Zealand in a must win. Then they play against Perth the other day. We saw what happened. Mm. That's why I'm simply saying a team, and not to mention, they took Tim Conrad, who was assistant coach, and suited him up. I'm trying to tell you the type of team that he had. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get you. How do you get that team in the top four? You got to coach him well. You got to coach him well. You you got to coach him well. They got. And if that, if we're talking that, could Gorgian be coach of the year? Mm-hmm. This is the most – I don't know Brian Gorgian's record prior to me playing in this league, but I know it's 22 consecutive seasons he's gotten to the finals, right? Yeah. They've made the team last minute that team got put together. How, I think this is the most he's probably ever had to coach. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And on top of it, this is the best the league's ever been the standard and he finds a way to get that team that team that i just named in the top four you got to be considered coach of the year as well no doubt hey can we just turn our attention just to quickly to shane hill who also is involved in the commentary of the nbl as well and we're just talking about his daughter shyla who i saw on social media that she was heading out to the states he was that excited off she went to try herself in the wnba and I saw a tweet. Tough break for Shiloh. Was traded and waived today. Two practice sessions, 20-odd minutes a game. The team lost five straight at home, so they cut two first-round picks. Great experience. will make it even tougher for her. Then he's responded uh, with another tweet. Being cut at the airport before boarding for the road trip is character building. I love her resilience. Being 19 and now sitting in an apartment alone in Chicago is tough. Lots of people go through more difficult times in life. We appreciate the sport. I cannot believe the treatment of a teenager in a faraway place. Uh, during a WNBA season. Is this normal? Honestly, I, I didn't think you cut a player at in the WNBA at the airport. Mm. That's not usually how things go at the highest professional level of any sport. It's very unfortunate how it was handled. You know, this is something where I feel like you have a conversation with her. You bring in the office. You know what I mean? The GM sits with her and explains the situation. So I believe that was poorly handled. Can she make it? Of course she can make it. You can't be a number eight pick in the WNBA draft if you if you can't if you couldn't play and couldn't make it. So um, in a situation like that, there might be a team that picks her up. Because if you if you went number eight, there were other teams involved that would be involved in and in interested in your services. So sure, sure. hopefully she gets picked up while she's there. Very tough time for her and the family. Hey, mate, love our chats. So Wildcats uh, and United tomorrow night. Great to news. For the Perth team, can they win yeah. without Bryce Cotton, albeit uh, it is at home? They can win, but I think that Melbourne United, they want to go down there and uh, we'll go, go out west and really let that team know. Mm. 
mm. we're winning this championship. Mm. Golding will have a huge night. He always does. He gets under my skin, that bloke. He'll, he's seriously... <laughs> He's, he's too good. He's too ice cool. He knows that he's got the strut and he thrives on people not liking him. And more important, Scotty Hobson is coming and he's, yeah. been, he's been in some really good form, which yeah. is very, very important for Melbourne United to uh, win this grand final. Appreciate your time. Always like our chats. Thanks, mate. Always a pleasure. Good on you. There he is, Corey Homicide Williams, NBL's finest commentator. Love the way he goes about it. He calls it how he sees it. He always has done. And he's now in love again with Andrew Bogut, which is brilliant. But that's Bogey going from player to uh, spectator as well. This is the Sporting Goss. We talk NBL a little later also. Trevor Gleeson's going to join us. This is the Sporting Goss on a Thursday. Big day tomorrow in the Trans-Tasman Super Rugby for the Western Force. They take on the Crusaders, and that is a tough assignment. But it's an assignment that we can celebrate for Ian Pryor, of course, because he is celebrating his 100th Super Rugby game. He joins us on the Sporting Goss. Congratulations, mate. It's been a long road to get there, an interrupted one and a bumpy one. But congratulations, it's a wonderful milestone. Yeah, thanks, Gossie. It's obviously, like I said, been a hell of a journey. And, um, yeah, it's a, a milestone which I'm uh, extremely grateful to be able to notch up 100 caps. Yeah, tell us a bit about the journey. As we know, uh, the, the rug pulled out from underneath the force Um uh, several years ago, and you just sort of you, you, you battle around in, in playing in sort of global rugby and stick around and become one of the real servants of the club, even away from Super Rugby uh, times. Just tell us a bit about you know getting there and 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 the resilience, probably both mentally and physically, to get there. Yeah, sure. So obviously, um, <clears throat> long story short, I, I sort of uh, came through the club pathway, the unconventional pathway, I guess, to get to Super Rugby, and I think that sort of battle hardened me both physically and mentally um, and set me up well. So, yeah, like you said, obviously at the end of 2017 now, probably I didn't want to chase on the Super Rugby contract. I thought that chapter was sort of done um, in my career and went overseas to play for six months and then had the opportunity to come back and help rebuild the club. And, you know, at that stage, it wasn't until 2025 anyone could get back into Super. So I thought that would be well and truly past my time. And certainly in terms of playing. And then, yeah, COVID happened. We got back into Super Rugby and... Here we are. So, yeah, obviously a lot of hard work, a bit of resilience and a little bit of luck along the way. You make your own luck, mate. Ian Pryor, our guest here from the Western Force. Big game for him and the team too. Tomorrow night, Trans-Tasman Super Rugby with the Crusaders. More on the Crusaders in a moment. I read with interest, ironically, you reached your 50th appearance for the Force in the last game of the previous Super Competition against the Tars. So uh, let's hope... um, the competition continues after your 100 milestone because, as we know, it all sort of ended abruptly from that point onwards. Um, mate, what's your, what's your great attribute? Not, not just so much right now as, as a player and your leadership and your experience. Tell us about what the, what the, your attribute to be a player of such resilience over a period of time because, I mean, it's your third club. Of course, you started in Queensland with the Reds, you went to the Brumbies and then you come across to the Force. You need... Is it fair to say you, you just need to... Um, be in the right mindset and adjust to all situations, which you seem to have done over the journey? Yeah, I think um, I've been fortunate enough to have a really good upbringing from my parents who immigrated over from Zimbabwe and obviously learnt a lot of resilience and hard work and, you know, looking after those around you off them. And that's sort of something I've tried to emulate in my career. And, mm. you know, it's sort of not what, not what you get given, but what you make do with um, that matters the most in life. And, yeah, I've just tried to take the most of every opportunity I've been given, worked hard for those opportunities, like you said earlier, and, yeah, just uh, try to be a good person outside of that. And, yeah, um, yeah I managed to stick around for a while. 
Yeah, must be something working. Yeah, well, it is. And look, and you talk about your family. So I'm led to believe they're going to be in the in the stands in Christchurch at Orange Theory Stadium. Um, who will be there, and, and and where are all they? Where are they all residing around the world? Yeah, so that'll be really special. So mum and dad are in Brisbane. Yep. Um, so they're going to come over and watch the game. They get in uh, the afternoon to Christchurch. My wife and daughter are here already. Um, so they're going to come to Captain's Run, which is really special. And then, unfortunately, my sister and her partner could be here. They're both in the military, um, sort of serving both at home and overseas at the moment. So, um, yeah, obviously couldn't have everyone. That's the way our careers have turned out. But, you know, I wouldn't have got here without their love and support. So I'll be thinking them, that's for sure. Uh, do you, will you come off the bench? Is that is that the normal game plan for Ian Pry nowadays? Um, yeah, so this week off the bench. Um, yeah, I guess obviously it's been different week to week with um, how the team shaped up and everything, and that's sort of my role this week to come on as a finisher. And you know, it seems to be a bit of a strength of mine at the moment is coming on on the games in the balance, or mm-hmm. we're trailing and sort of putting us in the right position when we're in a chance with it to win it. So um, you know, whatever my role is, whether it's starting or finishing, I try to the best of my ability and. You know, try and help those around me to make sure they're playing well as well. When you're on the road, and you have been for some time now, heading across here to New Zealand, and obviously you train and your focus is on playing, how do the boys sort of spend their time um, away from the training field? What, are there any COVID restrictions at all for you? Uh, no, we're pretty lucky over here in New Zealand, um, to be honest. So we've started Napier in Christchurch now, and then we're heading to Nelson. So some pretty good... Um, mm. Some pretty good areas to explore and discover and to be honest it just felt strange grabbing the passport and headed to the airport so that was probably yeah. the biggest uh, strange feeling and then yeah the guys just enjoying each other's company and being on tour something you know we probably took for granted before COVID happened and you know now we're very in a very privileged position to be able to you know explore another country and hang out with each other while we're doing it it's pretty pretty lucky. The Crusaders, um, 54 points past the Tars, 63 past the Reds, and even though it was narrow against the Brumbies, 31 points, they score big. You're going to have to be at your very, very best as a team tomorrow afternoon, our time. Yeah, 100% correct. Um, you know, they're a juggernaut of a club, arguably the best club in world rugby, um, the way they run and the way they operate and their success. So. It's a good measuring stick to see where we are as a club and as a team. And, um, you know, I know everyone's excited for the challenge and these are the games that players look forward to is coming up and testing yourself against the best. So, yeah, we're going to have to shape up and front up and the rest look after itself. You're a good fella. Congratulations on the milestone. Um, it is a wonderful achievement in this crazy world that we live in, in the crazy uh, rugby path of that of the Western Force. And we know that... Of course, um, the, the the owner has had a lot to do with that and uh, that has been uh, wonderful support from Twiggy Forrester and the team. But uh, you also have um, been deserving of this opportunity to play 100 games for your loyalty and also your game day smarts. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks for joining us on the Sporting Gosson. All the very best with you and your family tomorrow. And let's hope the Force boys really stick it to the Crusaders. It's going to be a tough assignment, but let's hope they can pull off what would be a remarkable result for a remarkable human and a, a wonderful servant to the club. Cheers, Gossie. Uh, appreciate the kind words, mate. Thanks for the time. He's a good man. Ian Pryor from the Western Force, 100 games. That is such a big achievement in this modern day of rugby and COVID and also the Western Force's interrupted journey. This is the Sporting Goss. Back with plenty more on this Thursday. Beautiful blue skies. Tad chilly outside. Stay with us. Plenty more to come. Welcome back to our Thursday edition. Don't forget, Gillian Goss tomorrow between 6 and 8. 
And the Friday focus, Colin Funky Miller. Remember him, the man with the blue hair who played test cricket for Australia, now lives in the US, and Gilly will be chatting with him after 7 o'clock. But we'll have our normal Friday build-up to the round of footy fixtures as well. Lots to chat about. Thanks to Rob from Bunbury. Good on you, Robert, who is listening down there on SEN Spirit 621. Loving the sporting goss. Great variety of sports you cover. Very enjoyable. Rob, thank you. And uh, thank you, everyone down in the southwest who listens to our show. Still to come, don't forget, uh, we'll always uh, have plenty of sport. Trevor Gleeson, we are trying to get a hold of Trevor. I've just seen some pictures of Bryce Cotton, who showed up to training as well, limping badly after his surgery, ruled his line out through the year, won't be playing, can't travel, will be only able to see home games. Very, very lucky that uh, it's not a career-ending injury. And Bryce Cotton, with great sadness, has also posted that he's dealing with the uh, tragic loss of his brother in the States uh, through suicide. So Bryce Cotton, very personal and had a lot to say on his social media as well. So our thoughts with Bryce and his family. Always on Derby. Now, tomorrow, this is how it works. Tomorrow, you've just got to ring and tell us who is going to win the Derby between 6 and 8 o'clock Who is going to win the Derby? And how that works is every weekend we pit the Eagles up against the Dockers. Last week, the Eagles outscored Fremantle in their respective games by two points. You have to tell us who's going to win and what the margin will be. So if you think Fremantle is going to outscore the Eagles in the Bulldogs game as opposed to the Eagles in the Carlton game, you just say Fremantle by 14 points. And that is your tip for the game. So you can always do that. uh, Give us a call there, 13 12 55. Also, tomorrow, text us who's the most influential player in our weekly derby, 0487 736 736. And Pav gets to pick the best player in our Always On Derby. So there's two competitions running. Thanks to the team at the Sporting Globe, a voucher, two vouchers up for grabs. You can ring us, 13 12 55. Tell us who's going to win the Derby, the biggest scoring team from the weekend between the Eagles and Dockers. And then Pav picks the most influential player. I think he chose Andrew Brayshaw on the weekend over Dom Sheed, over Nick Natanui. It was a bit of a surprise, but that, that's how we rolled with that one. So you can ring us 13 12 55 tomorrow between 6 and 8 or text 0487 736 736, a $100 Sporting Globe voucher, two Sporting Globe vouchers up for grabs. And Liam Baker from the Richmond Football Club from Nyabing, uh, no, Pingering, Pingaring. I don't know, who's out there? Um, uh, we've always got listeners over there in uh, in that area. That's sort of Lake Grace Way. Liam Baker from Richmond and WA is going to join us as well to chat about the big game, the dream time at the uh, Optus Stadium. And just uh, some news through also, the walk, um, the, 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 the long walk will start at the Wacker. Apparently due to uh, the amount of people, they don't want to disrupt too much traffic through the city streets on a Saturday afternoon. So the long walk is going to start at the Wacker and then come across the Matagata Bridge and you can meet at 2.30 at the Wacker. So that's the news. The long walk with Michael Long, Gavin Wanganeen, and a whole range of other uh, legends of the game, Indigenous legends and footy fans as like, will take place 
over from the Wacker across the Matagata Bridge, 2.30, 2.30 on Saturday. So not going to be taking place out of the city at this stage. So that's just getting your head around all those things. So plenty to digest and dissect. Uh, and just a reminder to Saturday morning, Peter Vlahos, the Tab Lounge. He's going to cover all things sport, racing, and David Short will deliver all the up-to-the-minute odds updates as well. It is the Tab Lounge. You'll hear that on Saturday mornings between 9 and 11 on SEN Spirit 621 and SEN Track 657 AM. So plenty going on with SEN. And if you've missed any of our interviews today, and there's been plenty of them, always, always get to a podcast provider or get to our website, sen.com.au, and you can download any of our interviews because we've had plenty today. Cal Toomey joined us talking all things, of course, in the draft, which took place yesterday. He's the draft expert from afl.com.au. Robbie West, the father of Connor West, he joined us, of course, from up there at Christmas Creek. He's up there uh, on the mines. Wayne Paul from the East Kimberley Football League also joined us. And Matt Parker joined us too, the new Richmond recruit. Had 19 games at St Kilda, now back with South Fremantle, but will be joining the Tigers. Corey Homicide-Williams talking all things Wildcats. Ian Pryor talking all things Western Force. Also, we'll, uh, we are keen to chat with Trevor Gleeson. We are having a bit of trouble getting through to him. Richard Garcia is the coach of the Perth Glory. Last night, they lost 2-1 to Brisbane and their finals run, their late run to the finals, came up short. This is what Richard Garcia, the coach of the Glory, had to say post-game and basically, the season is over. Uh, look, obviously, it's disappointing, um, especially with the way the guys reacted um, in the last two and a half months. Um, you know, their mentality to get themselves back in it and um, the fact that they've showed glimpses and, and big glimpses of of a quality side. Um, so that's something that we've built towards now. Um, and you've got a dressing room in there of guys that are all gutted that um, it didn't go our way tonight. First goal, how much of a, a kicker was that, particularly the way it was sort of conceded, I guess? Yeah, look, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, all credit to Brisbane. They, they sat in and and tried to catch us on the counter. Um, and, you know, we had numbers and it's just unfortunate that it comes off his leg and, and goes in the back of the net. Um, and then we've really got to go and push for one. So, look, I thought the performance was decent um, and I thought, you know, they kept going all the way. Uh, even to the final whistle, they never gave up. Um, and that their attributes that... Uh, I'm very impressed with this group uh, that they have that. So that's good signs for, for the coming season. Richard Garcia, the coach of the Perth Glory. If you are coming to Dreamtime here at Optus on Saturday night or the Sunday fixture between Fremantle and the Western Bulldogs, don't forget, download the SEN app. Get onto the free stadium Wi-Fi and about 15 minutes before the bounce of both games, you'll hear the preview and play-by-play, no delay of both games. That's right, play-by-play, no delay. SEN app, download it and the the, the little um, icon will appear. The Essendon Richmond icon will appear about 15 minutes before the bounce and also the Bulldogs at Dockers game on the Sunday as well. You'll get the full stats, you'll get play-by-play, no delay, you'll get any breaking news, you'll get any injury updates 
and you'll get around the ground scores as well. Can't get hold of Trevor Gleeson. We'll let that one slide. We won't be trying him again. Justin Longmuir is the coach of the Fremantle Football Club. He spoke a short time ago about his team's chances and any breaking news happening at Frio ahead of their game on Sunday. Uh, yeah, a little interest. Um, obviously, we didn't have a pick. Um, but, yeah, I just had a bit of a scan over it. That's about it. Um, I'm sorry, a few fans excited about what their clubs have added, but obviously didn't take part. You stand by that decision? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, was, I mean, there's a few reasons behind it, but we, we identified some players that we would take. Um, and we'd do a fair bit of homework and realise that a lot of those players would have been taken before we had a pick, so um, that's the main reason why we didn't nominate is there any chance we can see some more of you young players that are already on the list blooded? Yeah, well, yeah, there is, and we'll give them opportunity. Um, we just want to make sure we set them up to succeed. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I can't give you a time when those players will get their opportunity, but um, you got to the other thing we need to understand is that a lot of our break. players um, that we draft in... Um, and they're in the really um, early stages of a waffle, a waffle career. Like a lot of them have played five or six waffle games in their career. So just got to be careful we don't push them too quickly. Um, and we want, us, we want our players to come in and have an impact and not um, be not up to standard. So um, you know, that's different for every individual and we'll, we'll work through that. But um, you know, we, we want to give, it, give all our players an opportunity, but they need to earn it as well. Huge clash against the Bulldogs. Um, will you have the cattle at your disposal to make a fist of it? Oh, I think so. Well, it looks like um, signs are positive on Tabernar and Logue. Uh, they'll do some training today. We'll give them till you know, game day to prove themselves. Um, but we're really confident they'll both come up, which um, to give us another tool in front of the ball and another key behind the ball is, is really important. We missed those two last week. Who will get the job on Aaron Norton? Uh, well, I haven't got that deep yet. I'll we'll actually um, come back. I was pretty happy with the job Coxie did on Dixon nice. after quarter time in particular last week. All good. Be aggressive in the contest and, and, and um, you know, nullified him after quarter time. Um, so here's an opportunity to get that, um, that job. I think we just need to make sure we defend, don't just focus on one player. They're, they're pretty dangerous down there and they've got some real um, weapons in the air. Um, along with English and, and Bruce as well. So we um, need to make sure we get it done in the midfield and, and um, help our backs out. Justin Longmuir speaking to the WA media a short time ago ahead of the game on Sunday. Just a reminder about the SEN Stadium app. Now, we've had a text from Mark saying, hey, Goss, the stadium app didn't work last week. Well, Mark, you better tell that to the 400 people who downloaded it and listened to the status messages to say that it did. Uh, it's, yes, it, um, you do get the free Wi-Fi, stadium Wi-Fi. There are a couple of Wi-Fi options on your phone, on your settings, so uh, make sure you have the right one. But if you have any dramas, mate, ring the station and we will talk you through it. But it uh, certainly was the... Uh, well, we know how many people downloaded it, we know how many people listened, and we've had nothing but uh, overwhelming response. But you are the second person to say that they couldn't get it to work on their uh, provider, so um, we can't do much more than uh, provide the, the app, but it certainly did work, and I know I have uh, people who listened to it and were sending us messages through the game saying it was coming through loud and clear. But hopefully, when you're at the footy in the not-too-distant future, you do get to hear it. It is uh, a wonderful play-by-play, the stadium app, and no delay. We'll get a breakaway, come back and wrap things up on Thursday's edition of the Sporting Goss. Six till eight tomorrow, it is Gillian Goss. 
Colin Funky Miller will be joining us as the Friday Focus after uh, 7 o'clock. We'll get a breakaway. This is the Sporting Goals. Play and a miss. Massive moment. Josh Little, why did he choose that option? Fine leg was on the fence. It was not the right option, but the Netherlands have won by one run. Absolutely unbelievable scenes here, Peter Boren. Well, I, I have to be, I must say, I'm with you, everyone back on the leg side. I'm not sure about one on the straight back, but what a game we've seen here today, Niall. Honestly, it's been up and down all over the show. That is the Netherlands beating Ireland and got 10 valuable points. This is all about, uh, of course, uh, taking part in the uh, the Super League. These are the teams who are trying to get onto the big stage. And I can tell you that Ryan Campbell is the coach of the Netherlands cricket team and they had a great win over Ireland. And they sang the song, This Might Ring a Few Bells. Have a listen. Cambo, congratulations to the Dutch who beat the Irish by one run. Uh, thanks for Sporting Goss for this week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks for our listeners. And thank you to Alex who pushed the buttons and Chris Clefurnas, the best producer in the business. Gillian Goss tomorrow from six. Catch you then. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.